0: You can see these large footprints embedded into the carpet, creeping along the wall, ninja style.
1: She raised her arms up over her head and started to come towards me. Oh! And she had her mouth open like she was screaming. I hear my sister on the top song say, Ashley, you could see pieces of her hair being twirled in thin air.
0: But now all of a sudden, the green orb comes towards our truck, then it shoots out over the mountains into outer space. It is gone.
2: So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real-life ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up in just a little bit, we have a chat with Cliff Berrickman from Finding Bigfoot because apparently they have a brand new episode that's on Discovery Plus right now. We also talked to Emma from the Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, and we also have to finally discuss this reality ripple effect on TikTok. Yeah, and please check out hauntedaf.com, all of our social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter,
1: Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. And if you find anything that you think we would like while you're, you know, messing around online, please send us that stuff to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. While you're there, hit up our online store. We just added some really cool new merch, warm beanies. Oh, Who doesn't love a good beanie? Yeah, they're so cute. I know. I love them. And they're perfect for when you have dirty hair and you don't want to wash it. You can just wear a beanie.
0: Yeah,
2: it's super cold here in Texas. And I know like people yeah. are getting blasted with snow all over the country. So it's perfect right? for right now. We have to say big thanks to our new patron, Aaron Elder. Remember that we post exclusive content at patreon.com, like the full interview with Finding Bigfoot's Cliff Barrickman. That was a really awesome interview. And in fact, I, oh, yeah. I just accidentally somehow called him on my cell phone <laughs> when I was in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like literally just saw your tweet and I am So sad that you did not pick up, not for your sake, but for like the Haunted AF fan's sake, if you will. (laughs) Okay.
2: Literally, my phone is sitting next to me. I don't want to get Uh too graphic. And I hear, hi, this is Cliff. I can't come to the phone. I'm like, oh, sh**. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. were you able to turn it off before you left AP voice memo I think so I but I don't know because you know I tweeted about it just a minute ago and Cliff responded (laughs) saying here's a flush sound or something which um, (laughs) it's entirely possible that that ended up on his voicemail so oh my god that would be amazing okay but we have to say (laughs) thanks to everybody we asked a while back what are the podcasts that you're listening to right now because if there's a good podcast that we need to reach out to for collaboration we need to know about it so again if you do have those haunted af podcast at gmail.com please tell us but one of the shows that turned up over and over again was real life ghost stories with Emma and Dan so we decided to reach out to them for a chat Rebecca and I have both been binge listening to your show Emma your voice is great and like we have a rule at haunted af that you don't get to use the scary voice like just tell your story but your scary voice it is so cute what kind of mood do you set
3: do you know it's funny because we don't really set any mood I'm like in my pajamas with my hair scraped up Dan's probably just finished a day of work and I'm like come on I'm gonna tell you a story about demons and he's like please don't do this I can't. and then every now when we do episodes beforehand he's like are you gonna do a voice because if you're gonna do a voice you need to warn me beforehand
2: Rebecca and I both both of our spouses are skeptics
1: so we're also dicks We like to scare our husbands that don't believe in ghosts. And I'm just curious because your husband is kind of a scaredy cat. I'm wondering, do you go out of your way to like try to scare him? Do you
3: know, I actually don't. Um, People ask me this all the time. And they always, they always send me things and they're like, oh, you know, show this to Dan. Ha ha ha. It'll be really funny. You know, he's really frightened of dolls. And I kind of didn't realize how frightened he was of dolls until somebody sent a really horrible doll puppet to the house as a joke anonymously. He... (laughs) I mean, uh, so he got this parcel and he was like, oh, random. And it was this hideous antique doll and he... Lost his mind, and I was like, "Oh, you're actually really scared." <laughs> and then I, and then I kind of literally had to ring the cellar to find out where it came from. When it was one of Dan's friends had sent it as like a little joke. So I don't actually try and scare him because I don't because I think he might he might actually die, and he has he also has a heart condition. So I don't want to be responsible for his death.
2: I don't like the haunted dolls either though honestly because so, they're creepy
3: as hell I actually bought a Dybbuk box maybe about a year ago I bought a Dybbuk box and opened it because I was like what's the worst that can happen but Dan was like that is not coming into our house Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we had to open it in the car That's not either. <laughs> even though I don't believe and I really don't believe there was still a part of me that was like oh <laughs> but what if, What if it is real?
2: So why are you a skeptic?
3: So I had this crazy experience. When I was 17, I started working in, essentially, it was an old asylum. Um, it was a mental health facility, and I worked as a nurse's aide. And I was probably far too young to have been working in a place like that. And I worked with people with profound intellectual disabilities. And it was an incredible experience. And the building was built in 1832. It was opened up as a mental health facility, and it was pretty... Pretty horrific the stories about that place are like just awful 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 as with all mental health facilities at the time because people just didn't understand it right they just didn't know how to treat it and there was obviously always going to be doctors and nurses and and attendants who didn't have the best intentions so when I worked there it obviously wasn't that type of place but it was the same building so there was various points where I'd have to go to different points of the building and you'd realize you were completely alone in this huge facility and you'd be thinking uh oh. Yeah if anybody hurts me now I'm nobody's going to know where I am or there was one time like the fire alarm went off and on the panel it said it's in the basement and I was like oh I didn't even know where the basement was so I went to see the basement and, and oh, the basement was this, was this huge stone slabbed basement. And on the walls, there were like metal rings where you probably would shackle people. Because I And I was like, whoa, what are those rings for? <laughs> and the guys that were with me just looked at me and I was like, oh no. So that was the kind of place it was. You know, I had a great experience there, but there was one particular day. It was like half 10 in the morning. It was after being snowy and it was a Monday. And I don't know if you have bank holidays in the US and it was a bank holiday and everything was really quiet. And I was having a cigarette and I was leaning against the wall and I looked up and made eye contact with a woman who was looking back at me from what I knew to be an empty building. She was watching me and I was watching her. If she had spoken to me, I would have heard exactly what she said. Like that's how close she was. She had long dark hair and she was wearing like a white gowny shift type thing. And I'd say it was about maybe... three or four seconds that we made contact then she drifted away from the window which sounds really stupid but she didn't step away she didn't like disappear she just drifted away there was another girl with me who was having a cigarette and I didn't say anything to her I just sort of stood there but I remember getting this swooping feeling in my stomach and then about 10 seconds later the girl that was next to me just ran like And I was like, oh my God, why are you running? And she was trying to get her key into the door. And she was going, did you not see that woman? Did you not see that woman? And I was like, yes, I did see that woman. And the building that she was in, I knew was closed for the bank holiday weekend. So I thought, right, somebody must have broken in. And I got a security guard. And I said, hey, somebody's broken into the child and family offices. And he was like, no, that's not possible. And I was like, no, no, it is because I've seen her. And so did the other girl that was with me. She saw her too. And he went and checked. And the whole building was code locked as in the only way to, get in is to input a code. There's no way somebody could be in there. And I was like, no, no, there was definitely somebody in there. (laughs) And that was fine. And I just kind of thought, okay, well, that was crazy. Like, have I just seen a ghost? But about a year later, I was having a conversation with a group of staff members and they were talking about, you know, strange things that had happened in the building. And somebody said, oh, Emma, tell them what happened to you. So I did. And this nurse, he literally rolled up his sleeve and all of the hairs on his arm were standing on end. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And he said, I see her all the time. And he used to work nights and he said that he would be sitting in the nurse's station and out of the corner of his eye, he would see this woman with dark hair in a white shift dress, like sprinting past the nurse's station. And he said the first two or three times it happened, he presumed it was one of the patients and would go and check, but they'd all be in bed. And then eventually he was like, this isn't one of the patients, this oh. is something else. And that same building, about a year before I started, that's so not actually that long ago, they had an exorcism mass in the building because there was so much spooky shit going on that people were starting to refuse to work nights. We'll
4: be right back.
2: Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons, over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. So Emma, what are you guys working on right now? Well, I'm currently doing an alien
3: story. So I hate alien stories. I can't watch alien films. It freaks me out so much. And at the moment, I'm writing a story about the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. And it's this family back in the 60s who have a literal gun battle. Like they, they have a standoff with these aliens that accidentally land on their
2: land. That's Emma with the Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. Make sure you check them out. We ended up talking to her for like a solid hour, and we're going to post that to YouTube once I finally get around to editing all of it. So
1: we've been getting some really great stories recently from people who work in hospitals, and this one's no different, comes from Mike. He says, I just found your podcast while working an overnight shift in a hospital. Such a big mistake when there's hardly any staff on the night shifts, and you have to be alone in the basement near the morgue. I can't
2: believe <laughs> he's listening to us when he's in the basement near the morgue. I
1: know- Oh, oh, my God. That's such a bad idea. Um, he <laughs> says, I'm the security guard for hospitals around southern Alberta, Canada, mostly rural, rural. Oh, my God. I hate the word rural. Yeah, I do, too. Mostly rural. Keep going. It's the rural juror. It's the Drural. rural juror. <laughs> mostly rural, older hospitals with a lot of history. My first experience was in a place that was over 100 years old that had a history of tending to war victims and farming accident. Oh, this
2: never ends Uh. well.
1: He says, I was on patient watch, so I had to sit in a dark hallway outside a patient's room while everyone slept. While I was sitting there reading a book, out of the corner of my eye I saw a white figure gliding to the opposite end of the hallway. The moment I looked up, however, the figure turned the corner. Then I heard the door of one of the hospital rooms opening and closing repeatedly. I checked that particular room, but found it empty. Then I walked the floor and I checked every room, but everyone was sound asleep. After this creep fest, I told one of the night nurses and she nonchalantly informed me it was the little boy. Patients there have talked about him for at least 30 years and claim to be woken up by his antics. The staff says that often after seeing this little boy, patients will pass away in their sleep. When I showed up for my shift the next night, one of the patients had passed away from a heart attack that very day. I rarely work at the hospital anymore, but anytime I do, there's always strange noises or a black shadow
2: on the floor making its way down the hallway. Oh my God. He says, keep the chills coming, Mike. Yeah, we'll keep the chills coming so you can keep listening while you're sitting next to the ah. morgue at night. Yeah crazy <laughs> <laughs> we also got an update from robin this is the same robin who wrote us recently about saging her house right uh-huh. after they moved in and she said that she heard a door slammed right but she wrote to us again saying my husband works nights and one night after i went to bed i heard heavy footsteps coming down the hallway towards our bedroom i thought maybe my husband had somehow snuck back home but there was no one there about a week later it happened again heavy footsteps walking down the hallway my heart kind of seized up but when i told my husband he said i was imagining it thanks honey fast forward about a month and my husband said you know those footsteps you've been hearing well i heard them too he's a skeptic so that was a huge thing for him to admit i stayed to the house again after he went to work and haven't heard the footsteps since but when my husband got home that night he did ask if i had been smoking pot lol (laughs) thanks robin that's awesome so this next story comes from sarah
4: hi julie and rebecca i wanted to tell you about the experiences that we have at a private preschool that i work at it's a new building So it's not some old, you know, rickety place, but it was built on some really old farmland, and the land was also once part of a children's orphanage. We started noticing random things moving in the school, and we do have camera systems set up, so we've caught a lot of things on camera moving. Tricycles, balls, doors, different things like that. We've also experienced things moving right in front of us. Pictures falling off of the wall, water bottles coming off of the couch, Counter. Most recently in front of my supervisor, my purse fell off of the counter, you know, right in front of us. But I want to tell you about the creepiest thing that happened that made me a believer. I'm a huge skeptic. So it was a Saturday and we're closed on the weekend, but our I would come up there on the weekend to bring in supplies, prep things and so on. And so we headed into the school, my young son and I, he's about nine at the time. And we came in through a side door near the kitchen and we're bringing supplies in. And I was asking him to go take this to the spa classroom and so on and so forth and at one point he came back into the kitchen and he asked me if somebody else was here and I said no not even thinking about it just went on about my business so we go to leave so I sent him out that same side door just as I was locking the door and my son was heading to the car I hear a voice go wait and I stopped and turned around because my mind just processed that it was my son but he's getting in the car and as I took a couple of seconds just standing there. My brain processed that I heard that ahead of me, not behind me, which was where my son was. And as I thought about it more, I've come to realize that it was what to me sounded like a small child. It was clear as day. I know I heard it. And so I immediately have goosebumps all over my entire body. And I run through the building, handshaking as I'm trying to set the alarm, just completely freaking out. The voice Sounded almost like wait, like don't leave. And I think that maybe it was talking to him. Anyway, thanks. Love the show. You guys are so funny. And I only get creeped out listening to you guys if I'm driving at night. <laughs> uh, during the day, I'm all good. At night, can't handle it. So thanks, guys. Thank you, Sarah. That makes me so sad to think of this little
2: ghost going. Wait. I know, like don't leave me here alone. So Sarah said, you know, we have videos, and she said I'll send the videos to you if Ooh. you want to look at them. But we can't yes. share them. You just Can't share them. She doesn't want to say the name of this school. And she has another story that's even scarier about this Mm -hmm. thing that the kids kept seeing and that they kept talking about. So we're going to share that one next week. All right. So now we need to talk about this reality ripple effect that we've been seeing on TikTok. So if you're not familiar with this, go to the companion blog right now, hauntedaf.com, and we'll post the video that someone sent to us from TikTok. I know you were playing around with it on your phone last night.
1: I also did it here. at the radio station where I work by day or whatever and yeah. something came up here as well which I thought was kind of interesting because we've heard that this building is haunted, right? Right. So it's like a filter basically on TikTok and by the way here's how old I am. I had to Google what it looked like
2: because I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't either. I had to ask you after you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad though it was both of us. If you want to play around with it the symbol is like an arm with a rainbow next to it and <laughs> warning it can be an epilepsy trigger. Otherwise, it is fun to kind of walk through your house and see if you pick anything up because people are getting these what looks like human images. Yeah. And sometimes the images are even interacting with the people. And it's supposed to only do the reality ripple on things that are alive. Now, when I tried it in my house, I didn't pick up anything. Really? Yeah. Anytime I would enter a room, then the lights would go kind of nuts for just a second. And it seemed to be really fixated on sofas and chairs. Um, otherwise, it only would turn on if I put it on my husband or my kids. So I didn't get anything like that. What did you see?
1: So I got something almost every single time I used it wow. um, at my house. I was first messing around with it in the backyard, and sure enough, there was a full blown like red, pink, green, rainbowy human out by the tree in my backyard. Oh
2: my god! Are you serious?
1: I'm dead serious. But I thought I was doing it wrong, so I deleted it and started over like Ew. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I figured out, like, oh shoot, this isn't saving all of these videos or whatever. And I did another one in my house. So I have an old house; it's 1964. But I have an old painting that I I just put up from like the 60s, right? And when I passed by it both times that I took video of it, like that thing went off like crazy. What did it pick up at I, the radio weird. station? So literally before you called, I decided I'm like, all right, I'm gonna walk around the radio station. We've heard there's been issues like in the break room and stuff like that. First video, I got nothing. Then I walked a little bit further. And down the hallway, I got like a white
2: blob. I posted it on TikTok. Oh, that's awesome. But that's uh, yeah. so That's where John Anderson saw the orbs. Yes. If anybody wants to play around with the reality ripple, and if you pick anything up, please send it to us, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com because we want to see it. I was going to ask you, are you buying into the theory that it really is picking up ghosts? Not in most cases, but I think the video that we posted the other day where it looks like a little girl playing with yeah, toys, right? that was freaky. What about you? It definitely you?
1: is. I don't buy into it at all. I really <laughs> don't. I think it's just a TikTok filter because I'm like,
2: do we really think that TikTok is sophisticated enough to come up with <laughs> a ghost hunting app? No, but I do think that the next step in like paranormal science, it's yeah. going to come through something like this, where it's meant for, sure. for something else. And then we're like, wait a minute, what are we seeing here? So for yeah, sure. I, I honestly I want to take it out and test it in more places that like specifically that I know are haunted, like the cemetery that we went to that one time. Yeah. Okay, we should do that. And speaking of testing, as in test driving, <gasps> I, I have been completely ghosted by Tesla. <laughs> no I know. And it's no! it's okay because here's what I think happened. We had this really lovely young woman from Tesla. She was is excited yeah. about helping us out and figuring out a way for us to test drive a Tesla so we could take it into a graveyard and try out picking up ghosts <laughs> on their GPS system. And girl, <laughs> she hasn't returned my phone calls or anything yeah. since I suspect she went to a boss who was like, Hell no, we're not going to do that. Probably. Uh, but it's all good. Again, if any of you have a Tesla and you're willing to try it out, Podcast at gmail.com. So our next story comes from someone who wants to remain anonymous, so we're going to call her Pam,
1: Pam. and she has changed all the names in her story. So just so you know, you can't track her down. Got it. Um, (laughs) From as far back as I can, she says, from as far back as I can remember, I have always seemed to attract the supernatural. Astral travel, premonitions, it all just came to me naturally. Things are a lot quieter now that I'm older, but I couldn't resist reaching out to you two and sharing a story. Right after high school, I attended the local college in my city and was pretty shy back then, but it wasn't long before I met a new friend. Let's call him Mark. Mark and I had at least 80% of our classes together. It was great. He even started picking me up before school and dropping me off at home. Our relationship never got romantic, but over the months, we became pretty close friends. Then something strange started happening. Every night, I would wake up in the middle of the night to see Mark, standing at the door of my bedroom it wasn't a dream i was totally awake and i could see him standing there Mm. every night do Mm. not like where this is going (laughs) um not doing much, just looking at me. i would gotten used to the strange stuff like this happening over the years, so it didn't freak me out too much. There was nothing ghostly about what I was seeing. He was just as solid as anything, but I knew it wasn't physically him standing there. Eventually, he started coming closer to me. Nope. Uh, at one point, he sat on the end of my bed. I tried to talk to him a few times, but he never said anything back. And as soon as I flipped on my bedside light, he disappeared. After weeks of this, I finally told my best friend about it. She and I were in this religious group called, and I hope I am saying this right, Confraternity of the Rosary. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I think so. We'll roll with it. (laughs) Uh, Sort of like this higher form of meditation for Catholics. So my friend tells her mom, who then tells her twin sister, who happens to be this Catholic seer person, like a psychic. What? Yeah, I know. I didn't know that existed. We need to investigate that. Mm -hmm. Then my friend told me I wouldn't have to worry about seeing that thing anymore. Apparently Apparently, her mom and aunt had performed some sort of Catholic ritual thing. And you know what? I never saw him again. That's not the weird part, though. I saw him the next day in class. He sat next to me like usual. I've never seen someone so uncomfortable and fidgety, though. In fact, about 15 minutes into class, he got up abruptly and moved to the back of the classroom to sit. He left class before I could talk to him and didn't see him for the rest of the day. After that, he was a total stranger to me, acted like my presence made him uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, my gosh. She goes on to say, I was glad my friend's mom took care of whatever that was, but I was sad that the daytime version of them went away, too. Several years after college, I came across his obituary. He died in a car crash in the mountains when a semi-truck hit his car. He was a professional skier and was always in the mountains. Oh, that's so sad. I know, but what a story. I
2: know, and I, I feel like it's kind of like the doppelganger stories that we've heard before, but then what maybe? did her friend's mom do with her sister? I, I wonder if maybe the mom and the sister didn't find this kid at the college and just like rough him up and threaten him and be like,
5: you <laughs> stay
2: away from Pam. You or leave so- her alone. <laughs> yes. And maybe he was like, I can't talk to her anymore. I'm scared of those Catholic ladies. So I actually have like a darker thought. What
1: if it was him doing something and like- like, really popping up in her room, somehow being able to transport himself there or something. Yay! And was like, maybe he wanted to ask her out and couldn't, and he was, like, stalking her that way. Maybe he's just, like, furiously being
2: in bed thinking about her
1: probably you know he was because that's such a dude thing to do if you ha- if any dude on earth had that kind of power absolutely that's what's happening on the other side of things
2: okay if anybody has a story or an experience anything like that or maybe you're like super catholic and you have some insight for us please let us know okay so this next story comes from john and he says in the summer of 1998 my entire family went up to gettysburg pennsylvania to go camping for the week at round top campground my My parents and my older brother were really into ghost hunting on the battlefield. They even had a few experiences like seeing balls of light and shadows and a bush that started shaking for no reason. I, on the other hand, was 12 years old and absolutely terrified of having any experiences. I did go ghost hunting with them one night though and nothing happened. Afterwards, we all went back to the campground, which was only about a mile from the battlefield and had a campfire and then went to bed. I woke up around 1 a.m. and had trouble falling back to sleep. That's when I heard a really strange boom. I dismissed it as far away fireworks, but a few minutes later, I heard it again. Sounded like cannon fire and it kept going multiple times a minute. Then I started hearing the screams of men. At this point, yeah, I'm freaking out, sitting in our camper and hearing what sounded like a ghostly battle of Gettysburg in the distance. After about 20 long minutes of this, I really needed to pee. So I built up the courage to open the camper door. As soon as I did, though, everything stopped. I went on to study the Civil War in college and believe what I heard was the cannonade. Is it cannonade or cannonade?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
2: We'll put them both out there from the morning of July 3rd, 1863, right before Pickett's Charge. And that one's from John. I love Gettysburg ghost stories.
1: No kidding. But can you imagine as a kid, like waking up in the middle of a freaking war?
2: No. I do love that this moment in time inspired his study. So, okay, we're on the phone yeah. with Cliff. Finally, we're on the phone with Cliff Berrickman from Finding Bigfoot, from Bigfoot and Beyond, the North American Bigfoot Center, all of the things that you're involved with. And we're so excited because you have a new episode of Finding Bigfoot that's airing right now on Discovery Plus. Congratulations.
0: Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to do that again, you know, because it's been a few years since we filmed Finding Bigfoot. So when they invited us back to do this two-hour special, I said, well, how much fun would that be to get the band back together?
2: What kind of new evidence do you have to share with everybody?
0: Well, I don't want to give too much away, but essentially, there's a property in Southeast Ohio that Bobo and I have been um, privy to for the last couple of years because some of our good friends and investigators out in that part of the country have been working it with a ton of really interesting audio recordings have come out of this one property and it's not just audio of course they have footprint cats some of the best that have ever been gotten out of Ohio there have been numerous sightings on the property there's even a couple real lousy photographs so um, we thought that that would be a great reason to go out to our friend's property um, out in southeast Ohio and then if we're going to go to Ohio we might as well skip across the river there and go hang out with our friend Russ Jones over in West Virginia and Russ is probably top 5 or 10 investigators anywhere so that's what we did
1: so Big part of what you do is you talk to real people and you get their encounters. And I'm just curious, like, how do you deduce whether or not somebody is trying to
0: fake you out? Well, certainly we have been lied to before. I mean, every big toe researcher who's been doing this for any amount of time does come across the hoaxers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, stories are, are great. They're kind of the bread and butter of bigfooting. But my main focus is on the physical evidence. It's much harder to fool somebody with physical evidence because people are excellent right. liars and there's a lot of mental illness. Um, and when I say mental illness, part of that mental illness is wanting to lie to Bigfoot investigators. If you're going to lie about something, shouldn't you try to gain something else besides the approval of a bunch of nerds looking for Bigfoot? I mean, if that's, if that's not a mental illness, I don't know what is, you know? Is
2: Bigfoot, in your mind, is it more of a Harry and the Hendersons Bigfoot, or do you see it as a wild animal? It's like a dangerous creature. Which category does Bigfoot fall into?
0: It's hard to say this or that, you know, because as I say, only a Sith feels an absolute kind of a Star Wars nerd. Uh. But, um, uh, but, the, but the thing is, it's a little bit of both. Sasquatches are their own thing. They certainly aren't Harry and the Henderson sort of, I'm going to come live in your house sort of thing. They're basically wild animals with high intelligence, just like every other ape species, including humans, because that is our biological family. And that'll be part of the fun of when they're actually discovered and recognized by academia, is really learning about our own species. Through them, just like we do with the chimpanzees now.
2: Rebecca and I were just listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, and there was an episode where Sasquatch is tracking a guy, like following Mm -hmm. him. And his description was very gorilla like, but it was terrifying because it was stealth and fast. And the way this thing just came up on him, I always think of a Harry and the Hendersons when I'm thinking of Bigfoot. Yeah, but this description was like something that just might eat him. Like if it caught him, it it might eat him. We're not sure. But it
0: didn't catch him. And that's the point. Because if it did clear that distance and that amount of time that he said, it could have easily overtaken him. And based on the size, it could have easily killed him. But it didn't. Of course, we don't hear from the people who don't survive. So maybe (laughs) they do this more often than we think. That's a
1: great point.
2: (laughs) Okay. And on that note, most of us don't have the money or the time to be able to go out and look for Bigfoot in various places. So if Rebecca and I were going to take a vacation somewhere right now, where do you Mm -hmm. think we would have the best chance to have an actual encounter.
0: Well, actually, it doesn't take much money at all, and it doesn't take much time either. Here at the North American Bigfoot Center, my Bigfoot Museum here, there's a regular that comes in here, and she and her sister go Bigfooting. I don't know how old her sister is, but I know that this woman who comes in, she's 72 or 73, and she is a young one, and they go driving roads at night, and then they park at the end of the dead ends and get out of the car and make a little noise and listen. That's free, except for the gas. So where do you live? And I can be a little bit more specific. We're in Dallas.
2: Yes. In Dallas.
0: (laughs) Texas is Wonderful Bigfooting, actually. About three really? hours to the east of you is the Big Thicket. Tyler, mm-hmm. Texas has a ton of stuff. I was down in Texas in October and I spoke to two fantastic witnesses who had seen them on their property outside of Tyler. So, yeah, head east and go to the Big Thicket or around Tyler, Texas or up in the northeast corner, kind of over by where Arkansas is. And that area is just fantastic for Bigfoot. So, you're saying
2: Tyler, and is it near Jefferson where they have the Skunk Ape Festival every year? Yeah, um, and
0: that's why I was out there in October. I spoke at the Texas Bigfoot Conference out in Jefferson. And we need
2: to go to Jefferson anyhow, Rebecca, because... Right, because it's haunted. Because it's haunted, and in fact, the guy who just updated the Jefferson Hotel reached out and said they'll give us a discount to come stay there. Oh, hell uh,
1: yeah. That's
0: awesome. Well, I stayed they, in some creepy haunted room with Melissa a couple years ago when I was out there, some bed breakfast.
1: Well, now we need to hear your ghosty story then.
0: They told me that it's haunted and whatever else. Nothing else happened to me that night.
1: Oh, boo, you didn't have an experience?
0: No, I, I've had some weird ghost stuff happen in my life, and I frankly don't like it. I mean, I've brother stick with something biological like a fast watch you know <laughs> like it's a big scary human like a yeah I'm, I'm fine with that you know it's, it's yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. Ghosts are not afraid of bear spray. You're not.
0: You... That is true. But I don't research all that sort of stuff. I just had a couple of horrendous things happen to me over the years. So.
2: Are, <laughs> awesome.
0: Are, are you willing to uh, share your ghost story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, if you want. I guess the most recent one was, unfortunately, the same day that uh, Melissa's grandmother died. I'm sleeping in the room all alone. And for, for whatever reason, I wake up. But I look across the room to where the door is. And there's a woman standing in the doorway, you know. And she kind of slightly resembled Melissa in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think that maybe it was grandma, I don't know. She was like looking down. um, And so the hair hung over her face, maybe down Mm -hmm. to her shoulders. She was wearing a nightgown that went down a little bit below her knees and then no shoes or whatever. And she was there in the doorway kind of stepping back and forth, you know, Mm -hmm. like from one foot to another. Mm-hmm. And I and I woke up. I go, oh well, isn't that peculiar? I must still be half dreaming or something like that. So um I, I kind of rubbed my eyes and shook the cobwebs out, and I looked back, and she was still there. Oh, and that's wow. when I scared. That's when I got frightened. And so I reached over to turn on the lamp next to the bed, and then her the figure kind of went and like shrunk down to the Scooby Doo esque sort of smear, and then flew out the door. Oh you know, into the living room, oh and um, and I called the dog into the room, who was out in the living room sleeping on the couch or something, and, yeah. and I laid awake in terror for the next two hours, because it was super creepy. That's so.
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, <I'm> sure. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> story. So. Seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a fantastic story, and I'm like, had you actually, had you ever met her grandma before that, or? No, no, okay, I mean, I met her. creepier.
0: Yeah, I met her um, on the phone, I guess, that she was in hospice at the time, yeah. and um, we had a call or whatever on the phone, you know, she was in hospice, so I don't think she was completely controlled her facilities, Mm -hmm. you know. She goes, Hey grandma meet Cliff or whatever and she goes, Was he married before? (laughs) And that was that's the only question she had, you know.
2: Wow, What would what did yeah. Melissa say when you told her about this?
0: Melissa, of course, is far more in the ghosts and UFOs yeah. than right. I am. So she was thrilled on one hand and creeped out on another. Right. I think.
2: And I got to say, we're huge fans of Melissa. She reached out to us just yeah. a year yeah. ago saying, you know, oh, I've got this Bigfoot museum if you want to talk. And we got her on the podcast. and We just knew her as Melissa. And then she was right. like, yeah, well, I worked on finding Bigfoot. My name is Melissa Barrickman. And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. I didn't expect a good ghost story out of our Bigfoot guy.
0: No. No, no, and you know it's one of those things I don't talk about a whole lot because you know it's weird enough that I'm in the Bigfoot I guess, and once you start bringing in UFOs and ghosts and all the other paranormal things, I feel it makes me lose a little bit of credibility. Just like so many other witnesses who have seen Sasquatches or anything else, I'm just telling you what I observed, you know. Right. And I don't know what it is. I don't pretend to be a ghost researcher. Cliff yeah.
2: Barrickman, thank you so much. Finding Bigfoot. The new episode is on Discovery Plus now. Make sure you let us know when it's gonna be on Animal Planet so we can fill everybody in. And let's give everybody all the North American. Big Bigfoot Center information. What's the website? Where are you guys located again so people can come out and see you?
0: We're in a little town called Boring, Oregon, (laughs) the sister town of Dull, Scotland. Um, So, yeah, we're in Boring, Oregon, which, and you know, from downtown Portland, we're about 40 minutes out of town on the way to uh, Mount Hood. Yeah. And you can find us online at North American bigfoot Center.com. And we have ways for people all across the country to participate in the museum without ever setting foot on the property. Very um, cool. Memberships and videos and all sorts of cool stuff. And of course you can find me on all, any of the social media stuff, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram.
2: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This is fascinating though. I enjoyed every moment.
0: Oh, well, very good. I'm just talking squatch, and that's literally what I do for a living. <laughs> day. So Yeah. I'm happy to do it.
2: So we ended up talking to Cliff for a really long time. You can hear all of that interview on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com. You know, last week we mentioned this earthquake harbinger ghost. That's the thing I really struggled to say. This story Mm -hmm. comes from Oat. That's A-U-T. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They say, hey, Rebecca and Julie, thought I would share one of my earliest childhood memories, which is a ghost story. I'll preface this by saying that I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe there are things in this world that are unexplainable, and I'm cool with the mystery. So here's the story. When I was six or seven, I was living in Southern California. I shared a room with my younger brother that was across the hall from my parents' room. It was always comforting to look out from the top of my bunk bed and see the corner of my parents' bed. One night, I was staring into their dark bedroom, as I always did, trying to sleep. I was listening to my brother snore below me when I saw this white, smoky, cloud-like form peer out at me from their doorway. It looked like a little boy about my age. I couldn't make out his eyes, but every other feature on his face was there. In fact, he looked scared. His hand rested on the door as he peeked out, but never looking directly at me. I was surprised to see this, but I didn't have any sense of fear. I saw him there for some time before falling back to sleep. I told my mom about it the next morning, only to hear that it was my tired mind playing tricks on me, the usual. I didn't think about it much more. At school, we had earthquake drills. We'd all go under our desks or under the nearest doorway since doorways are the most sturdy part of a building. You would do this to protect yourself from the collapsing ceiling if the earthquake was bad enough. Not long after this, I went to bed just like any other night, climbing into my bunk bed, staring into my parents' room, trying to watch Seinfeld on their TV. Suddenly, a massive earthquake happened and my bunk bed shook violently, wobbling left to right. I thought I was going to fall off of it. The earthquake only lasted a few seconds and no one was hurt, thankfully. But it wasn't until this last week, 20 years later, while listening to your podcast that what? I con- <laughs> that I connected seeing the little boy to the earthquake. I think he was warning me of the earthquake because oh. he was standing there in the doorway. He even looked fearful as if he was waiting for something to happen. I tried my best Whoa. to draw what I saw since it's so clearly etched in my memory. Oh, my God ever since
1: this drawing. We love that. Remember very early on in the podcast when we tried to make people draw their ghosts? Yes.
2: And we had like four of them and I think two of those were our sketches. Okay. Correct. Normally we wrap up the podcast with a really scary ghost story but Gina's story just really got to me. So this one is from Gina.
5: Hey guys. So around two months ago I unfortunately lost my best friend John in a motorcycle accident. I always described him as being one of a kind because I never really met anyone like him. One of his many hobbies was playing cards and doing magic tricks and things like that. So when he passed away, I decided to get a Jack of Hearts symbol tattooed in honor of him. So we always associate this symbol with him. We made like a memorial card or a memorial sticker for our cars and it has the Jack of Hearts symbol on it and it's kind of like in the shape of a playing card. So the other night it hit me all over again. I was really upset and I just couldn't stop thinking about him. And I told him, "Can you please send me a sign? I haven't really received anything from you." So you know, the next day I go into work. I kind of forgot about it at this point. And we were—I work in retail, so we were doing some of the sections. And I get to the last aisle, and I'm—I'm I'm clearing off the bottom shelf. So I clear off the shelf. I look to the back right corner of it and I see one single playing card face down, no box, no other cards, no wrappers, I don't know why it was back there. And I pick it up and I'm like, if I flip this over and it's a jack of hearts, I swear. And sure enough, I flip it over and it's jack of hearts. And as soon as I flip it over, I got the chills, my heart started racing, I got so upset, so emotional, I don't know why, I thought I was gonna cry but I'm so happy to like find that card because I know it was from him. Like I, It has to be because out of everything, of course, it was a jack of hearts. Oh,
2: that story breaks my heart. I know.
5: I got all
1: the chills, all the feels. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, but how wonderful, though, that you have
2: that little memory. He was definitely reaching out to say hello. Yeah, she sent a picture of John, and he's gorgeous, and a picture oh. of her tattoo. I know, Gina, I'm so sorry about the loss of your friend, but thank you so much for sharing yes. that story. Don't
1: forget to send your stories to us as well Podcast at gmail.com We love them written, recorded You can do audio You can do video We love to hear your voices especially if you have an accent Oh yeah uh,
2: podcast at gmail.com So coming up next week we're going to share more from Sarah who works at those creepy old private schools She's got a great one <laughs> And also Okay, so you know the story of The Exorcist, right? We all know The Exorcist yeah. Well, yeah. apparently it's based on an actual story And Discovery Plus no. No way. Yes, Discovery Plus has done a documentary about it featuring this guy named Troy Taylor. It's called The Exorcism of Roland Doe, and you won't believe the things that Troy has to say about it.
0: When I interviewed Greg Holowinski, the, the monk who's in the documentary, he actually saw him levitate 12 inches off a of bed. Oh my and God. And he was adamant about his story. There was no change in his mind. He's
2: got a million amazing stories, and we're going to share them all on the next Haunted AF. And don't forget to
1: subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts please follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram YouTube and of course TikTok you can even contact us directly through our website hauntedaf.com
2: gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalica and Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support also big thanks to all of the Haunted AF Patreon supporters
1: most of all we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us by the way Julie if I die first I'm coming
2: back to haunt Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too Rebecca (laughs) Bye. <laughs>